0: So what kind of stuff are you into? I
1: oh, don't you know, all of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I really like is dragons.
2: Dragons? mm mm-hmm. Dragon.
3: Dragons are fantasy. There's magical talismans, or a magic sword, or wizards,
0: or fucking crazy. Not real animals, all these basic things that break the laws of reality, that shit's all fantasy.
3: I'm into hard sci fi. Fantasy is bullshit. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: The weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing Maybe a little less this week than normal Because mm-hmm. we're live Because we are live We, Wayne and I Oh shit, that's, that's Wayne My hey. name's Christopher Maverick You can call me Mav And I am once again here with my co-host Wayne Wise Hello With me at Mount Aloysius College Which is a school in Crescent, Pennsylvania, where we have been at a, I guess, a conference slash comic book convention all day. Yeah. And the theme today of this comic book convention is fantasy. And I thought... This is odd because it's a comic book convention, but it's about fantasy. It's not really odd. This actually happens all the time yeah, at comic right. book conventions. <laughs> <laughs> but since we are at a comic book convention at Mount Aloysius College, I'd like to welcome back to the show our you know, friend of the show and frequent guest, Danny Anderson
2: of a Terry Review. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's always <laughs> good to be here. I assume you'll be editing in the apocalyptic opening music. That you oh, yeah. Have. yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we have
4: amazing opening music. Uh, yeah. like the world is ending right? To to your show. <laughs> we also have a, a studio audience today. Say hi. Hi. Um, so they may be jumping in at some point as well. Thanks
0: for, for hanging out. We're running late today. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, as I was saying, the, the topic here was we were thinking about the fact that we go to these conventions a lot. In fact, the this show is based on a conversation that Wayne and I had at a convention, um, and every time we go... They're a lot like this. Some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, but like people are always there doing all kinds of stuff. Um, And it's supposed to be a comic book convention, but this one had a theme of fantasy. I just spent an hour discussing... Fantasy comics, so there was kind of a tenuous connection. But Game of Thrones, we have somebody in the audience dressed up as Harry Potter. You know, it's very, it is, a, it is a very, you know, it is a very eclectic mix I, of I, things. I saw Snape and Mad Eye Moody. I did. So did I. I yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Hermione. yeah. <laughs> You're Hermione.
1: Yeah.
0: You're All right. <laughs> um, well, but every time we come to the, one of these, and every time I've gone gone solo, I am amazed by the fact that we have. Geeks. I think it's a. they may have a problem being called geeks? I'm a geek, so I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a
1: single problem.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, well, geeks are usually dressed in all kinds of you know fantasy outfits at different things. There are there's paintings for selling there. There's somebody selling pillows. <laughs> there's there's all kinds of eclectic stuff. But I think that at any given comic book convention you go to. You will see comic books. You'll see some Star Wars stuff. You will see some Star Trek stuff. So science fiction, particularly those two, but all kinds of science fiction stuff. And then there'll be horror, horror, yeah, and video games,
1: superheroes,
0: yeah, yeah, superheroes in comics. But there'll, be, but there'll be horror, video games, fantasy, and sci-fi are all put together. For no obvious reason, <laughs> um, because, because we, we don't see a lot of cosplay of like cowboys or romance. Right, you don't see cowboys, you don't see romance, you don't other see genres, you don't see sports.
4: Uh, other than the random person wearing a penguin jersey, which is
0: common, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, but I, but, I, but That's not cosplay. <clears throat> but, uh, um. <laughs> uh, we should go back to our episode where Wayne explains in, in detail why. Dressing as a Steeler or England is, is cosplay. It is,
2: yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> whole life is cosplay.
0: <laughs> yeah, But, um, but the, the, the thing we we're noticing is we come to these things and there are certain things that just sort of seem appropriate geek culture for a convention and then other things that don't. But there's no obvious reason why, why we should assume that if you read comic books, you're into Dungeons and Dragons and video games and not sports. But it's a pretty safe assumption yeah. <laughs> It's not, not really because I'm super into sports um, I, I don't know What's your name? Uh, Megan? I want to hear on the audience like, um, You said you were a professional wrestling fan yeah. Which people who know that I was a professional wrestler I'm obviously a fan it maybe fits in the geek culture, maybe not. It's like sort of one the there was fringe... a period of time
4: that that China was dating the guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or married to him for yeah, a while. Yeah, so yeah, so it's a little overlap. There's a fringe like <laughs> intersect,
0: but um, but it doesn't quite always yeah. fit. The wrestling comics. Yeah, but but why? Why yeah. why is fantasy with? With comics in the first place, yeah. What, what are the boundaries of what is acceptable to comics? a comics convention, <laughs> yeah. Why we want to build walls? We want to keep people out because there's. There, I mean, there are historic reasons. There, historically, comics grew out of pulp magazines, right. which also is where science fiction grew out of in the 1930s and, and 20s, fantasy and, and, fantasy, and fantasy and horror, but also cowboys, yeah, and <laughs> also romance. But it would be really, really weird if somebody came to one of these dressed as uh, Fabio, right? Or or you know, hi, I'm a Regency cowboy. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like people would look at you weird. Yeah, why? because
1: it's just weird. I mean, it's, just, it's not within our culture.
0: Well, yeah, well, and that's what we're wondering. What what makes it part of the culture? Like, how, you know, how Who who waved their magic yeah. wand and said, thou shalt decide that Harry Potter is okay at comic book conventions, yeah. but not well, twice. Apparently the Harry Potter fans, because you're the only person here with a magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: what about Jonah Hex? Isn't he sort of a cowboy? Yeah, but, and
4: that that's a good point, because he certainly, I mean, you know, obviously published by DC Comics, so there's sort of that tie in with the comics world but there was also that period of time where he fought zombies and lizard men and there was that time when he was launched into the future and had 40 issues of a science fiction comic so he kind of jumps back and forth among a lot of different genres
2: um I kind of think that what these things have in common might be. I'm thinking <laughs> I didn't even know what we were talking about till like 15 minutes before we started. <laughs> not, not quite. Maybe had an hour, right? But um, and so I'm, a lot of this will be me talking off the top of my head, which is never good. Which is. I um, this show every week. Every week. <laughs> every week. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm on your show, so if I slip into profanity as I do in class, then it will be okay. <laughs> um, but the um, I feel like a lot of what these uh, different f- genres have in common is that they kind of emerge out of subcultures um, in which of people who are not necessarily part of mainstream culture. Earlier today, one of my colleagues, Frank Sankey, gave a really interesting um, presentation about um, comic book uh, uh, cultures. And he's a he's, he's a member of the deaf community. And he talked about how the way finding um, a kind of community within these uh, within that genre helped him kind of feel a part of something. Thing that he was left out of in the larger culture. And I feel like all of these little sub-interests have that in common mm-hmm. at their root, except right now we live in a moment where like, all of the biggest things in the world they're like their mainstream culture yeah. now right they're no longer subcultures and that's where I kind of get lost uh, yeah all the things I got beat up for when I was 10 is now
4: ruling the, the culture so <laughs> yeah, I but don't hey. think you get to call yourself a
2: geek by being a fan of the biggest franchise in the history right, of cinema right, right? I mean, that's not no, I'm gonna okay. have to get into sports huh <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was always, in, I was always into both. I mean, I am a huge, yeah. I'm a huge football fan. Um, you know, the reason I'm here is because you guys are smart enough to hold it on Saturday and, and not Sunday, because tomorrow there's a Steelers game, and you know, I, I cannot be bothered to go do smart things. I have to, I have to be sitting on my couch and, and watching and watching the Steelers lose. Um, but, we might win it, 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 we're having issues this year but but yeah, it, okay. but it's it, like, it, it, issues yeah but it's yeah you we know, lost our starters yeah all of them <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so I mean, there are sports geeks, but you specify it, right? If you just yeah. say you're a geek, I assume that you like comic books. And yeah. it's weird if you don't, right? Yeah, very few sports fans say I'm a
4: geek. Right. Referring to the sports all of them are. All of them are. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> Absolutely. But they, yeah. they don't self-identify that way. Yeah. They're they a fan.
0: If so. you go back and you listen to like our show where we, where, we do the, where we do the fantasy box office draft, I actually talked about how I'm, I'm also a big fantasy football fan. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Fantasy yeah. football is just Dungeons and Dragons. It really <laughs> it's is. All stats. It's just stats. It's just <laughs> looking at charts. That's the entire game and pretending that you're doing something important. It's exactly role-playing. Um... But nobody thinks of it that way yeah. because Dungeons and Dragons is something the geeks do. But again, why? Like, why does D&D... There's a, there's a room around the corner where people are playing games, and I didn't walk in there, but I'm just going to assume some of them it's, are role playing games. Yeah.
4: Wow, no, that's popular great. today. Yeah, yeah it was that's great. great. And that's, I do role playing games. Mm-hmm. And to me, that has always been part of the subculture I'm involved in, right? It's, it's part compet- of geeking. Yeah, it's part of geeking. Well, and, and bring up, you, we mentioned the Harry Potter thing you knew things that arrived. Harry Potter was not a thing when I was a kid because it didn't exist yet, but it has been fully enfolded into this world. And it has magic. It has fantasy. It has It has a lot of the pieces that have already been here but it's a fully accepted part of what we think of as this world now. Whereas, you know, to use something from your presentation earlier, the 50 shades fandom, probably not a part of geek culture, right? And why
0: not? But yeah, it's a
1: college. I've seen it twice about that. Subject.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but the geek, I'm not saying there's not a fandom for it but, yeah. it, but it's not really part of what we think of as geek culture fandom. Well, here's one of the weird
0: ones when, um, uh, geek Nirvana, Geek Mecca, a.k.a. San Diego Comic-Con, happens once a year. Um, When Twilight happened, when the film series happened, it took over because if you've ever been or watched any Comic-Con foot, um, coverage, uh, uh, that's the word thing. Comic-Con with no, with no qualifier means San Diego. It's <laughs> <Except> something <laughs> that the geek culture has just decided. So, But if you've ever watched anything from San Diego Comic-Con, it hasn't been about comics in a very long time. It's about media now. And so when Twilight happened, they came there. Mm-hmm. And it was a real question because um there was there was a very vocal part of the community who did not want them there by virtue of the fact that they were Twilight and therefore did not belong. I don't know why Harry Potter was fine, but Twilight was not okay. And it got bad, it got violent. Someone got stabbed in the eye. I'm not joking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, there were there were, arrests were made. <laughs> Arrests were made, someone was seriously well, if injured. You're not Team Jacob. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you you <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm the, not saying that we, that yeah. we, don't, we can't get violent either, because we once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah so, I someone, mean, someone, I mean... To have that visceral reaction, you don't belong here in my... I mean, it's the, it's the king of gatekeeping, right? For, yeah. for For all the gatekeeping that, you know, particularly... You know, that geeks have always had a problem with. And the way gatekeeping works is geeks are kept out of sports and don't get to go to prom or whatever, and they have all these really horrible ideas. So we build our own community, and then we, you know, justified it by using it to keep out girls. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we let girls in, so now we have to keep out, like... Twilight people like there 's yeah. like you yeah. always want to make your 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 club exclusive your club is special because of who you keep out, then how do we decide who to keep out i mean i think that 's stupid i don 't care like to me. I- Okay, but we, we talked about this on the show before. Yeah. I grew up
4: in the 70s, right? Yeah, I was the only person I knew who was into comics growing up. I live in the middle of nowhere, more middle of nowhere than this is the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I had one other friend who read comics, but he wasn't into it the way I was into it. And I've spent most of my adult life wanting more people to be into this thing that I'm into. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the wanting to keep people right. out of it.
0: Um, but like now, and, and I mean, I made the joke earlier. I started, when I when I started working on my dissertation. I decided that as long as I did this, um, as long as I was working on my dissertation, I, I made it a de- which is about superheroes. I made it a dedicated point to, I'm going, I can't read every comic book, but I can certainly watch every superhero show on the air, and watch every superhero movie, and then like 2015 happened, It was like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> certainly you can't. It's, it, it's hard, like, literally, I have no time, because every show on television is about superheroes, and thank you, Greg Berlanti. you know,
1: but... Yeah. <laughs> Just the CW. Yeah, yeah. that alone.
0: Ooh. Yeah. But it's exhausting. It's like se- CW alone is like seven hours of my week. <laughs> like that, that's a, that's a lot of time because I've got to hit I got to hit all five Arrow shows plus plus plus, mm, part, plus it's Riverdale, Riverdale. It's the, the best show on, on television.
1: television. <laughs> <laughs> well, we <laughs> Don't
0: show about Legos, the new Vampire Diaries. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched that because I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I mean, I, I can. I, so, and by every show, I mean I, I also when I, I I watch all. I've watched every show on Netflix. Uh, I've watched. I've watched all of the DC Universe app shows. I, I mean, I literally watch every superhero show. This is you know, twenty hours of television a week. Without me getting yeah, yeah. to stuff that I'm just a fan of, right? Like, I, <laughs>
4: and you had the same problem fifty years ago if you were writing a dissertation on, the on Westerns, on cowboys, right? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Always a problem. People are like, people are like, whoa, you know, we're going to have superhero fatigue. It's like Westerns, like literally, there was a there was a point on television when there were only three networks, which means that, the, and this is not an exaggeration because I did a lot of work on television during my, my masters. There were three networks. Meaning three times seven is 21 times three hours a night is, uh, is 63 hours of primetime television a night. And without exaggeration, 40 of those 63 hours were Westerns. Most shows on like television that. were about yeah. cowboys. Yeah. And then there's like, what, 400
4: you Western movies nothing. made in
1: 1942. Yeah. I'm guessing
0: John Wayne was mostly in most of not, not, not on TV, TV even Western uh-huh. TV. Uh, and, and the yeah. That's the other thing, people are like, well, how, do you, you know, how are you going to, you know, how, how are you going to, people are worried, he can't play Superman, he was already, you know, whatever. Like, Michael B. Jordan, he's Killmonger, but he used to be Johnny Storm. How do people figure that out? And it's like, John Wayne played meets, every cowboy. John Wayne was in six cowboy movies a year. As different characters, you just dealt with it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> he, he
4: was also Genghis Khan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been told not to watch that movie.
2: <laughs> you were told correct. It gave everybody. Cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, any John Wayne movies probably. The Searchers is great. Yeah, um, yeah. I, the rest of you don't need it. This but quite. anyway, um, so cowboy movies don't count though. Cowboys,
4: although there were Western characters being published by, you know, that was a huge part of the comics for a long time right. as well. But, it, but it's, I, I, I could justify going to a comic book convention role-playing as the Rawhide Kid.
2: And I think convention is the right term because it's these geekdoms, um, because they're isolated in their own communities, theoretically, mm-hmm. uh, they come to these conventions to find like-minded people, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, someone who watches Fifty Shades of Grey or reads those books, they probably aren't going to convene with other people, right? I mean, these are sort of, um, that's a hobby I, the way I, maybe I'm just being too reductive here and I'm, I'm willing to accept that, but that's a hobby of kind of mainstream middle-class people. And, sure. and, and so there's no need for them to find other people to share that hobby with that's cause that's just the general thing that everybody's into. It's like Steeler fans aren't going to come to a comic book convention to have to find other Steeler fans to talk to. Um, they're yeah, everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, right? You know, so, anywhere, right. Yeah and so it's like it's not so it's not just much there I guess apparently there's a way in which the geekdoms try to keep people out it's like who's trying to get in is another part of that equation I guess
0: but I mean are there places that you can go I mean there are but it's you know sports is special because you can find sports fans anywhere I don't think you can find romance fans anywhere like it's a guilty pleasure. You're not supposed to admit it if you like reading Harlequin <laughs> Romance. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I,
4: I'm sure there are, are get-togethers and conferences. And there are. I know for a fact there are.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I would be shocked if there were. Yeah. I can't think of any. But, but, yeah. how come, but how come we don't take them?
0: How come they don't end up here at, you know... At a comic book fantasy yeah. convention in in,
4: in nineteen forty seven, romance comics accounted for over a quarter of all books sold. Yes, so it was hugely successful at one point and a part of this world, and it's not really anymore. It, it, it just went away. Yeah,
0: and I, I think that's unfortunate. But you know, but I don't think people make that assumption. It doesn't get mapped into the stereotype the same way.
1: The only romance movie I like is Titanic. Also, because it's historical too, and I love history. So, I actually met Billy Zane uh, last year at Steel City Con because he was there, and so it was pretty cool to get to meet him. But yeah, and I mm-hmm. saw somebody dressed up as Rose.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like Ashley uh, here or at, at no, at, at Steel, Steel City. City. Okay. She left, it was a perfect Rose costume.
1: That's cool.
2: <laughs> well, when I was there once, and Richard Dreyfus was there, there was a guy with a pitch-perfect uh, Quint the Shark Hunter outfit cool. on. Um, <laughs> what, what, only to meet Richard
4: Dreyfus. Right? Right, and, <laughs> and that brings up an interesting thing as well. You're talking about meeting Billy Zane there, just. Steel City Con in particular, the celebrity row that it's become. Yeah. You know, like there are celebrities there from The Office. Yeah. yeah. Drew in tons of people. The geek culture. I mean, how does that fit with the, I'm a big music fan. Last year, Alice Cooper was at Steel City Con. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's highly influenced by horror comics of the 1950s, but I don't really think of him as part of. Mm-hmm. this world yeah, you know, i do but that's because of the overlap
2: of my so
0: still city yeah still city for our listeners who are in this yeah. area still city is more of a it builds itself as a popular culture convention and always has
4: yeah it, a, it was never a comics convention
0: yeah it, it didn't grow into something into like so so they're at least approaching it a little differently yeah that said you know there are there are professional wrestlers at every wizard world right. you go to yes um and I, I don't you know, there are professional wrestlers, there are people from the office at every Wizard World. Um yeah. There really aren't people from friends because nobody from the cast needs has to go yet, right? But um, but one day, I mean, um, uh, I, I, what is her name? Um, Marilyn Munster's real name. Do you remember? No, no, I don't. Um, Marilyn M- Munster from the Munsters, um, number three, I think they're like there are like three different women who played her, and like one of them used to show up at Steel City a lot. Like, uh, yeah. you know, she was, she, was, she I, has one notable television credit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I
1: know this one, Steel City. CityCon or December, actually next month, uh, they're having like three wrestlers there. So Devon, Dudley, then it's Trish Stratus and Lita. So which is going to well, be probably drawing a lot of fans because a lot of people like that. <laughs> so, so
4: so is is that changing what we think of as, as geek culture, though? Are we bringing are we allowing more people in by having those guests, these conventions? Are we bringing in fans of the office and they see people selling comics and all of our typical geek stuff is is that an overlap or are we just allowing vandals at the gate
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's paying the bills right it's Paying the bills yeah and it's getting people in yeah it's it's it is something i think to, you're ceding all of that to celebrity right and yeah and it's like i don't know i feel like that's we are well, suddenly talking about something else yeah there's a, the there's, a call, yeah. there's a call to
4: celebrity yeah, yeah.
2: That that maybe the cult of celebrity
4: is a fandom in and of itself that Overlaps. There's a Venn diagram
2: of yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. there like so. There's a couple guys from uh, you know Sean Astin and Billy Boyd are going to be at Steel City. Con. Yeah, oh, uh, some of the cast of Save by
1: the Bell.
2: Yes, yeah, okay. so <laughs> so almost but, all the cast. But, but the, the Lord of the, the Rings guys, you can totally see how that would map on to a general pop culture audience. Yeah. That would be the like, geek audience. That like they're going to go see those guys because of those Lord of the Rings movies. Save by the Bell. Um, that doesn't fit. That it's a different crowd you're drawing. From and I wouldn't necessarily say that's the geek crowd, and so yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I in some ways I get the resistance <laughs> from yeah. the geek crowd because you feel yeah. like you've kind of lost your uh, uh, your, your, not your, your, your clubhouse. <laughs> in some way. Yeah. I
0: do I mean, maybe you have at, at some point, but, um, well There's a, there's a sense where, if we go back to our subculture show, there is a sense to the fact that a, a subculture is defined just as much by the people it keeps out as it is by the people it lets in. Yeah. Um, I, to, I, I think I made a joke on, on that show that at one point it was the gay community, then it became the LGBT community, then the LGBTQ, then LGBTQIA, LGBTQIA+. And at some point, every letter in the alphabet is going to be in the acronym of what is queer. Mm-hmm. But if everybody is queer, then is then nobody, nobody queer? queer. And, 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 and that becomes the same thing. You know, there was the black community, then the African American community, the people of color community, and people of color is like people of color is a weird one because arbit- arbitrarily we've decided there's this macro um, community that is literally everybody but white people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which. Yeah which there's a reason there's good reasons to right. do that however it's I, I still I excluded it, it, <laughs> well, it, naturally i mean it, it is it is essentially an exclusionary thing and you know yeah. or there are you know there are clubs that are that formerly were women's clubs which are now women's and transgender clubs which is literally just saying no boys allowed right Again, I get get it, but it becomes a thing. So, but those are those are all impoverished communities that have reasons who are traditionally excluded. Is there a reason to tell? Like, yes, I get that. Like, being a geek was not necessarily the most fun thing in the seventies and eighties, but. It wasn't so bad that you no. really have to keep out like Twilight fans, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> that yeah, that one I don't I don't know about that situation. It is fascinating to what is it about Twilight in particular that would that would draw that eye? or, or Fifty or Shades um, or, whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but I, you're right though. There's a difference in Augusta keeping out like women and people of color, right? Right. The, the golf club, right? Yeah. That is clearly something we're not. There's no question about the immorality of that, right? another thing, it's another thing to have people who have the sand kicked in their face their whole life, <laughs> comic book fans, right? Um, feeling upset that their clubhouse has been overrun by the guy who two weeks ago was just a jock, but now like Captain America or the Punisher, yeah, right? Yeah. That, you know yeah. what I'm saying?
3: I so, think Twilight
1: fans are crazy, wrestling fans are yeah. a little bit crazier too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this well, whole like, now it's WWE
4: versus like AEW. AEW yeah. Maybe you know, what we're saying, the fact that this has now become you, it's not a minority culture anymore. You know, Geek culture, you know, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, biggest movie of the year. Ever. <laughs> biggest yeah. movie of all <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. all time. So suddenly it's not this exclusionary little oh, it's just me and my three friends who read comics. It's everybody. So now that everybody is part of that, that world, it's not
0: a little bit to the left.
4: <laughs> it, it's not um it uh, <laughs> <laughs> now now we've let everybody in the gates, right? So, you know, so so there are people upset. You know, it, everything is geek culture now.
0: Well, yeah, and, and I mean, I made the joke like I I have to watch all television shows, but maybe that's a problem, right? Do you no longer? So you, I mean, you said you waited all your life to have a club. Now you have the club, but do you have a club now, right? Like yeah, like it's not. There was a point when. There was a point when being into superheroes made you a nerd and made you weird. Then there was a point when being into superheroes made you a nerd and made you cool. Now... Um, being into superheroes just means you watched a movie this year because yeah everybody In, saw that movie you like everybody else <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <And laughs> I, at,
4: what, at what point does the Legion of Superheroes get too big you right want to let long fall off lad
2: into the into yeah. the club now <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> long that boy <play> is awesome
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean when Walmart selling the t-shirts it's no longer cool yeah. right yeah. Yeah. and so yeah and I think what you're getting at almost is like a a form of hipsterism it's sort of oh, you get yeah. someone who's kind of rightfully one to distinguish themselves from just mass consumer culture, I mean, I don't like have any problem with that. I'm that same way, yeah. and so then they create these bizarre facial hair subcultures, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, they, they try to kind of code themselves. I mean, it's cultural capital is what they're trying to, to yeah. earn for themselves. Trying to code themselves as distinct from the rest of that mass of just Steeler fans, right? And so mm-hmm. um, and so, I think that um, you have a way in which those borders now have been breached. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's frankly, it's capitalism co-opting the things that resist capitalism. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's, this is a, a function of that. And, so I, I don't Ooh, know. That's never happened before. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know what you do, except I, there is, there are like alternative, like old school comic conventions, yeah, right? right? You guys recorded that yes, yeah, one, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. And so uh, the people who are truly just into the comics, they go to that thing with like f- fifty-eight other people, right? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, is that what you want down on the other side? There's, there is a lack of. You don't have the celebrity showing yeah. up there. You might have some cool artists, <laughs> right? But, well,
0: you, you get a little bit of a splintering, right? Because like you have, uh, you, you have. So, you about uh, we have comic book conventions which are just comic books, like the one that we recorded our show yeah, live at, Three right? Rivers Con. Three Rivers. But then you also have uh, it ha- there hasn't been one in a few years. But Wayne and I both, as independent comic artists, we used to go to one called Pix that was um, that was Pittsburgh Independent Comics Artists, and it literally was a comic book convention where. Nobody was any. Nobody <laughs> you know, knew who. Nobody it, knew who anybody. No one had a copy of their book. Right, yeah. right. It, it was like I mean, it's literally like I have an equal footing to Wayne and an equal footing to the other fifty artists set up there. You know, maybe Don's there. And, right. Like, so we, we have a friend right. Don who had a book that like sold. I don't know.
4: Did probably pretty well in the early nineties. In the early nineties, yeah. yeah. but it's
0: still an indie book. Yeah. And uh, Megaton Man, which I don't yeah. know how many of our friends. Like so, maybe Don's the star, but when yeah. Don is the star of your show, and this is yeah. nothing on him, yeah, that's yeah then not Don's awesome. This is not the same as bringing in Rob Liefeld, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Or and, and that's or it. Stan they, they would
4: occasionally they would fly somebody in who is a big name in the indie scene, right? Um, you know, we had Trina Robbins, who as a comics fan, she is a significant figure in comics history, right? No one knows who she is. I, mean, I do. Yeah, right. She follows me on Facebook. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me feel special. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you and some people like that. Uh, Harvey
0: Picard's widow was there one year, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but I mean, and that becomes a you know, this is a specialized thing. This is no longer saying it's not cool, you're not really special anymore. If you read Marvel comics and you know who Spider Man is, everybody does. Yeah. So now it's all about do you know, well, do, you, do you know what great legacy yeah, is? Well, they like
4: in, yeah, well, there's SPX in Bethesda every year, small press expo. Mm-hmm. It's been going on since '93, Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend and I got a grant at the time, self-published a comic. Uh, mm-hmm. I was set up at the first SPX with all of 15 other guests, mm-hmm. um, including some of the big names in the indie scene at that time, like mm-hmm. Dave Sim, Cerebus, and mm-hmm. Steve Bissett, who was doing Tyrant at the time, his mm-hmm. dinosaur book. And SPX this year probably had 500 vendors set up. It's right. enormous. Mm-hmm. Um And that's a very different show than Steel City Con. It's not about celebrities. These are all the most popular people there are still, relatively speaking, small press books. There's some very successful people there. But it's an indie scene. Like Raina Telgemeier is there. She's a New York Times bestselling graphic novelist
0: at this point. Mm -hmm. But it's technically an independent book. Technically, Technically. yeah. yeah,
4: Yeah. I mean, her sales sales are amazing. But within fandom, if you go to Steel City Con or Wizard World and start asking most people there who (laughs) she is... They're not gonna know. No, yeah. So, I, go ahead. As so I was just say, so I think that splintering has very definitely happened. We've this small subculture has grown to such a size that we're getting subcultures within the subculture.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like a difference I think between comic book fans, right? I mean, Wayne, you probably know more than anybody. Like the, the that, that many people actually read comic yeah, books less all the time, right? You know, <laughs> and, and so, and yet the, those properties are bigger than ever, right? Yes, and so yeah. I think what you have a sense. Uh, what I think you're getting. There are conventions where the people who are interested in the books still come together and their limited numbers reflect the limited numbers of people who actually are into that hobby, whereas the properties themselves that are owned by... You know, giant corporations. That's what you see. That's where you see this blending happening yeah. at that level. Yeah. Like, um, you don't see it happening on the the true kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say true. I, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? The real fans, yeah, the hardcore, the, the, hard the, 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 the grassroots, twar- under- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's what I, mean. I don't mean yeah. Because yeah, we're all phonies, really. Um, but anyway, um, so you know, that, that and, and he, honestly, the, just last month I think there was a convention in Pittsburgh. I wish I could have went to it, but I was out of town, um, with about George Romero, like this oh, whole zombie Yeah, yeah zombie, zombie cons. And The people that were coming to that are just, like, minor figures from some of those minor yeah. movies. The only true, like, hardcore Romero heads are going to even care, or even know exist, right? And so that's, like, what you're talking about, a subculture that the, you know, the Harry Potter people have no interest in joining that yeah. group. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such a tight border of interests, Right. And right this weekend, there's a paranormal conference going on in Greensburg mm-hmm. um, that I would have gone to, honestly, um, had it not been for this. but you have like celebrities from the kind of cryptozoology and ufology right. field, which you guys should totally do a show about that, by the way. Cryptozoology. I Totally joined that with you. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, but that, that I think that's another kind of field that is so idiosyncratic and qu- that it resists still the kind of integration that we're talking about mm-hmm. at the level of just kind of the popular products of capitalism. Well,
4: I mean, there are small cons around there's, you know, a, there's confluence. I don't even know if confluence is still going on, but it's Pittsburgh science fiction club and they would have a, a conference every year there's horror realm and these are very this is science fiction this is horror where the comic book world seems to have incorporated all of these things I think because of the multiple genres that have appeared in in comics is part of that but there are still those really specialized small shows and Mm -hmm. the people who are into it are into it
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
0: so I wonder how much do you think it does have something to do with the you know the historic aspect right like like I, I mentioned before, pulps were all of these stories. Yeah. Superman grows out of a tradition of Superman happens. The reason that there are superheroes is because nobody wanted to buy Siegel and Schuster's stupid story, right? Yeah. Like I've read Reign of Superman, and it's 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 yeah, it's generically a pulp, and then they try to remap it. And basically, Superman happens because these guys kept failing and failing and failing. As and then, writer, yeah, as writers and illustrators, and then somebody just like, all right, fine. We'll Buy it cheap, and then it took off and sold a bajillion copies, right? Um, but it was supposed to be a pulp mag. It was supposed to yeah. be the original. Real the Superman is like a ten-page story with like five illustrations in it. Yeah, and um, and
4: Siegel was just you know, a huge fan of of right. the pulps and amazing stories and all that right. stuff. So,
0: and, so but amazing stories begats um, the kinds of things that like you know, or amazing stories and all the other pulps like that begat. Things like weird, you know, like everything. Easy e- yep, comic right. stars weird tales, and so um, suspense horror stories, sus- suspense, suspense stories, horror stories, like all these um, mm-hmm. things that are about um, that are about science in comic book fan uh, f- form. And that becomes an industry. What? Superheroes grow out of that well, industry. I mean,
4: it's funny because the superhero, in so many ways, while the superhero is a genre, it plugs into so many other genres. Right. Superman, Lois Lane was a romance comic throughout the fifties.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. or you, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, wow. Lois Lane did not rate a book without her with without the, about you, herself, unless yeah. it referenced directly the fact that she was his girlfriend. and, there, and, you,
4: and you, in Green Lantern was a science fiction story with a superhero in it. And mm-hmm. Batman had some horror stories that with a superhero in it. So superheroes slotted into those other genres yeah. really easily. Yeah,
0: it was a, I mean, superheroes were always a meta-genre until they became so popular that... <laughs> You know, largely for the Bronze Age is what super when we say superhero stories we mean Bronze Age stories we mean stories yeah. that existed between 1970 and 1985 and became the pattern for the films the, yeah. the, the pattern for what Superman the movie is the pattern for I mean uh, like the Batman 66 stuff is a little data it's more silver agey but when we think yeah. of the superhero formula tells the super friends Batman the animated series that becomes the Superman formula since 1985 since watchmen and more and more a lot of what uh, the interesting things in the superhero world are books that are trying to use the meta genre that is superheroes to explore other types of ideas Uh, so so again we joke hi hannah Riverdale's the best show on television, but, um, <laughs> Hannah's our co-host for those. In the audience. Um, the, um, but Riverdale very much is taking superhero influences, sometimes directly, sometimes yeah. not. And then even things that are superhero-ish, um, you know, I, I know one of, one of your and my favorite books in the last decade was Hawkeye. Hawkeye in my life as a weapon is... Kind of a superhero book, but really it's the, it's the bonding story of a middle aged man and his, uh, bet and his best friend who's 22. And it's it, they're not. It's not a romantic story, mm-hmm. but it's really just a relation. It's a re, it's a comic book about the relationship between two friends. Vision is one of the most innovative books written in years, and Vision is just about a man. You know, Vision is about a, a minority man trying to fit into a suburban neighborhood. He happens to be a robot, but. <laughs> it's not what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like like you could you could change it. So they're exploring they're exploring other ideas, and I think that's transferring over to over TV. Like the Disney stuff, we're we're excited to see this Wandavision show coming out, mm. which is going to be who knows what, but it looks yeah. weird and crazy, yeah. and you know one of the best. Like the I mean, you still get movies like Avengers Endgame, but I think they, I I think that the best comic book movie in years is Logan. Logan's brilliant. But it's a Western. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and <laughs> just like Old Man Logan was, right. which influenced it. Yeah. So maybe, so, you know, I mean, Logan is just a straight up Western. The mo- the movie is a, cr- they said it was a remake of, I mean, it was an adaptation of Old Man Logan. It's not. It's, it's yeah, Shane. Yeah.
3: It's Shane. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Shane, yeah. which is an old cowboy movie. It's yeah. exactly yeah. Shane. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, that, so, you know, cowboys do kind of fit into the geek world.
2: Well, at one point, so cowboys are so ubiquitous. In, at one point in c- cinema and television, right, that they became like a common language. That became that genre became a common language for other genres to draw on. Mm-hmm. And so Kurosawa is making these samurai movies that are basically westerns, right? And then, mm-hmm. and, and, and of course, we remake those samurai movies as other westerns yeah, later right. on. Um, and initially is, Star Wars, which is <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, actually yeah. right, which is another western, right? Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. So, well, Star Wars is a western, yeah. but Star Wars
0: is. Um, like basically, Lucas, and Lucas admits this this is Lucas biting Kurosawa. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's just doing Kurosawa movies. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and so uh, I think I, we're at a point now. I wonder maybe if where superhero stories have kind of leapt off the page and are actually more popular in their cinematic forms, yeah. um, that they become that common language. And like all the other genres, there's going to be a, a mix a mixing of genres yeah. with superhero well, films the, what, as well.
4: The last Fast and Furious, this was a superhero movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sean Hobbs, Hobbs yeah. and Shaw, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So That's exactly the what that they all and Hooch, whatever it was called. Turner and Hooch
1: over was yeah, arrow spinning an entire like universe yeah. on the CW, and then getting and it's also going to get another spin off It looks like after it ends, which is, as I said, going to be called yeah. Green Arrow and the Canaries. Yeah, which is that's kind of a weird name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense because it's his daughter, and I guess she takes the mantle with the Green Arrow. But Green Arrow and the Canaries, I mean,
4: it's an awkward name. Yeah.
1: And then I think they're also doing Superman and The Adventures of Superman and Lois, which is a spinoff of yeah. Supergirl, it looks like. So
4: it's going to be the Superman and Lois lane from Supergirl. Well, and the the Lois and Clark show from years ago was essentially a romance show.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Smallville is a uh, Smallville is a coming of age story um, that is essentially Smallville is Dawson's Creek. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It was exactly yeah. Dawson's yeah. Creek, the show, but with Superman in it. So, I, I think <laughs> so, so. So genre doesn't exist. <laughs> genre doesn't. So, yeah. And well, we've we've, t- we've talked about that I, before. Yeah, genre sure. genre largely is a convention. It's a set of conventions yeah. that you use to tell a more interesting idea, and or you just you know. You can make formula. There are books that will teach you how to write a romance novel. There are books that will teach yeah. you how to write a superhero story, uh, and you'll get a completely formulaic superhero story, a completely yeah. formulaic romance novel, which there is a the place for if you just really want to pump out. You know, <laughs> I mean, frankly, the Marvel universe is built on the fact that Stan and Jack can write the same story over and over again yeah. for ten years and hope nobody notices. Yeah. Um, I gotta
2: say that was one of the most compelling critiques of those movies in that Martin Scorsese op-ed. If you read that said they they purport to be I can't remember his exact words they purport to be sequels but they're actually just remakes right Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's actually pretty true of all those movies And
0: and I mean that said Scorsese also does the same thing with his films I think Scorsese is the most brilliant filmmaker who ever lived but there's there are certainly thematic similarities that go throughout his work
2: you At least keep, as much as. Did as you read like, the actual yeah, op-ed, though? I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he said. I know it's not oh, what yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah, I know yeah, it's yeah. not what he's saying. Yeah. But I think that. <laughs> It's a very interesting.
0: I agree with this. We're actually probably going to do a whole show on yeah, yeah, that, yeah. an entire thing. I agree with almost everything he said. Yeah, I still think he's an old man ye- yelling at the well, he says <laughs> that. In
2: the, in <laughs> the, I know. Yeah, he he says, "If I had been born later, I would love this. I would
0: love these." But he's like, I'm 80. What do you want?" Yeah. And and and, and by the way, the, the other thing is like no one. It, People have been portraying it as though Martin Court Scores, is rambling in superhero movies again. He's not. They asked him a question. Yeah. He was asked, Do you like these? And he's like, No. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. They're not for me. It's the, I don't really think yeah. of them as cinema. And then Twitter fills the gap, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I said, don't follow Stephen Malk, <laughs> yeah. yeah. otherwise
1: you will get spoiled. <laughs> <more. Yeah. laughs>
2: no, it's um, it's uh, yeah. To me, his bigger uh, the, the biggest point that he makes is t- entirely correctly is that this genre has become so dominant, and this I guess goes back to what we're talking about in terms of the way that the conventions have been overrun by celebrityism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like the, the genre has become so ubiquitous and the sole source of income for these studios that it pushes other films off those screens. Yeah, and that's, that's, the that's what he's concerned yeah. with. He's yeah. right. He's, he's absolutely totally right. He's absolutely yeah.
0: right. I mean, I, so you said you want to talk about Joker earlier. I think that Joker is a perfect example of how, this, how the geek community isn't, you know, the geek world, geek culture, whatever it is, isn't so much a thing anymore. As it's a monolith, right? Yeah, like Joker is not a superhero movie. It is, and I want like my problem with Joker, as I said on the show, there's too much Batman in it. Batman doesn't appear. There's way too much Batman in it. It is a Scorsese. It is Todd Phillips making an homage to Martin Scorsese that no one would have filmed unless he sprinkled some superhero on
2: it so he did and he <laughs> well I, so let me take another angle at that um uh, i think that he was trying to see what martin scorsese's the politics of martin scorsese's films from the 70s would look like if you transport them into our current political yes. moment and part of our current political moment is the common language of superheroes yeah. and so yeah. i think it's a perfectly legitimate thing that's a perfectly leg- legitimate way to do it i think, I think it absolutely is
0: yeah. and i think that it wouldn't been if it were if it were called comedy man it wouldn't have been made it would have been made (laughs) that movie got made because they because they're like i don't know i'll put him in clown makeup and say joker okay is it good enough and and, and which is in itself a meta commentary on like how much geek culture has taken over you know everything else but like you can like there are things that you can make there are little film niches that Exist and in their own little universes that you know they're not the big budget budget movies. You're not going to get 200 million dollars to make a romance, yeah. but Netflix will give you
2: five. Yeah, but it's not on the cinematic screen. Who that's cares? point. Yeah. No, he does. No, no, no. no yeah. Scorsese does. Yeah, because the filmmakers about. want to see that they've made it to be seen on that forum. Right? I
0: no, I understand. I, 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 understand where, I understand where Scorsese's coming from, but I mean as a as a cultural thing, right? Like, just, yeah. it's not that the romantic comedy is dying. Literally, this if you if you turn on we did a whole show about it last year this december it's november now so this month and next month hallmark and uh, hallmark channel Just and netflix will come will combine to make about eight hundred and fifty Christmas-themed romantic comedies, they're making yeah. one eight hundred and fifty different ways. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> yeah. 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 but so and, and again, Kirby and Kirby and Lee wrote the same comic book over and over True. again for the sixties. Fair enough. <laughs> so much so that they would sometimes forget which one they were doing in the, in the midst of a story, yeah. and that's not a joke. Yeah. So like, so yeah, there. I mean, like, the there's a culture that is the you know is the romance comic. I mean, the romance. The film, yeah, the rom-com, and that's you know, that is a that is a subculture that's alive and well and, you know, a culture unto itself in a way that this geek culture hasn't been. So maybe what we keep out are things that we feel like we can nebulously name in their own thing. Like, maybe it's okay to say uh, I don't know. You know that's kind of weird. So we'll take it. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we I mean, take the weird stuff. Some of the the fearful critiques of Joker before it came out, before <laughs> everybody actually <laughs> saw it. Um, some of it. Some of it were. Uh, I don't know. They were fearing that people would like try to emulate the Joker and, and do terrible things in the name of Seldom. And, right. and, and, and I just think if you actually saw the movie there's no way anybody's going to try to be like this Joker the Heath Ledger Joker had a much better chance of inspiring copycats right uh, and, and so I do think that um, in some ways
0: I think um, people will try I, I, I think you underestimate the insults
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be as an extremely minor
0: yeah yeah, yeah I, I agree and it, was, and it was with Heath Ledger as well yeah. It, it, it is. Um, it's a worth. Him, it's a, a worth him argument, right? It's a. Yeah. You know, it's a fear of. It's. It's a people fear counterculture.
2: I can kind of see though the intellectual dark web as being a, a child of Heath Ledger's Joker. Honestly, because um, they actually he actually had a philosophy on things that I, yeah. I, I do think it has a life. It just looks different. It doesn't yeah. look violent necessarily.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, do you guys have any any info? Any, any thoughts that you? About like why, you know, why do comic book conventions still exist, and how do you know what what belongs and what doesn't? I think a lot of it involves the idea of alienation. Like you mentioned, Harry Potter
4: being acceptable while Twilight wasn't. I feel like a lot of that was because Harry Potter's main characters, while they're still unified together, they still face a lot of alienation from like the Slytherin house.
3: Yeah. Twilight was using very popular, very attractive actors and actresses. And I think that may have been like
4: the
0: stereotype that caused it to be the outcast from the outcast. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, is there an aspect of, I mean, you said they were using very beautiful actors and actresses, right? Is there an aspect of, Ignoring the beautiful people because the because the geek world still pretends that it is you know and there was a point you know it, it pretends we
2: that
0: it yeah we're the mutants it, yeah it embraces the stereotype right it embraces the stereotype of nerddom of someone who doesn't comb their hair has the taped glasses which is large I mean again everybody reads comic books or watches comic book type stuff today so that's not really been true in a long time if it ever was right but. Are the people in Twilight, are they just too much the head cheerleader and, and captain of the football team? They're too beautiful, so they can't be in our club because we have this cultural idea of being bullied by those, those people. guys, those people, yeah. But, 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 I mean, like, honestly, I mean, so here's what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, we're old, right? You guys are tw- in 20, 19, yeah, 18. Okay. Is there even, like, when I, when, when I was a kid... The worst thing you could possibly be would be to be gay, because people might kill you. And then after that, a nerd's not that far behind. Like right. You, you, right. You, you might get beat up, right? That's not true today. Like there, yeah. like in in two thousand. I mean, some places I, I should say. Yeah, right. I don't, yeah. don't want to be. I don't want to universalize it. But right. like, but like in two thousand nineteen. It's possible to just come out of the closet at ten. That was not a thing in 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you can't. Like a ten-year-old would be merciful, would be destroyed in 1984 yeah. for coming out. Like that's yeah. not
1: a thing. So like, is now there? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it's okay to be a nerd. So like, is it just? Is it? Is it a thing where you can? Where the you know the exclusion is just so culturally ingrained in the idea of geekdom that you wanna fight the head cheerleader still. Yeah. You wanna fight the Captain still. And like...
3: Yeah,
0: but it, but I mean like like seriously, like you you know, there are a lot of I mean, the Twilight fans are the you know, they're the beautiful people that we're against, but it ain't like actors in the MCU are ugly. Right. You right know.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you know? Same
1: with the Arrowverse Bunch of
4: ugly people on Riverdale. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's shame as really. I said too,
1: same with the people on
4: the Arrowverse. <laughs> yes. Like Stephen Amell is very attractive. It's why I feel so bad for that
0: man. <laughs> Especially
1: all the scenes he has sometimes yeah. when he's not wearing his
0: shirt. Oh yeah.
2: You, like t- when he's t- working t- out you tragic the... man with yes. your 47 abs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and all <he'll> those <look> scars <laughs> uh,
2: So we're doing this though, right? I mean, we're here like making fun of people's physical privileges, right? And, and yes, I mean, but, yes, yes, because I mean. I, because I'm jealous. Yeah, this, yeah, is, right. this is
0: pu- this is pure jealousy, right? I jealous Yes.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> we're we're trying to reclaim our status
0: as geeky outsiders. <laughs> that's right. And well, and, 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 I mean, I mean, there ends the joke, right? Like, yeah. I, I I sort of you guys know, uh, on my on my on my personal blog, not the show's blog, www.chrismaverick.com when. <laughs> This is my plug plugging for myself. Um, before the just before the Captain Marvel movie came out earlier this year, I had gotten fed up with like again, if you saw my, my presentation earlier, I made a comment of don't read comments on the internet, I do so you don't have to. <laughs> that's that, that's absolutely true. I read a lot of message boards and stuff that I don't particularly enjoy sometimes because they're not pleasant, but like understanding these cultures is part of my job. And one of the things that I was, I saw was there was this, um, there is, there was a certain aspect. There's a certain circle of the internet who says, I'm not going to watch that captain Marvel movie. Brie Larson's a horrible actress and she's ugly. Okay. First off, Brie Larson won a won a, won an Oscar for Best Actress literally two years ago. Okay, she's not a horrible actor. She's very good. Well, she's ugly and she's horrible. It's like no, she's a feminist and she hurt your feelings. You can say that. I don't like if you don't like her because she's a feminist. Fine, but like, but like, I would never touch her. It's like no. If Brie Larson knocks on your door tonight, and you open it, and she's there in in, in lingerie and says, "Take me, you stud," you will absolutely do it. You're fucking lying (laughs) like like you're you, you, you you don't really think she's ugly you're saying that because you don't want to say I hate her feminist message. Just say you hate her feminist message. It's fine. I'll think you're stupid, but I think you're so much stupider now. (laughs) And and then it got to the point where I was seeing people like, well, she's got no, butt." look, here's a picture of her butt. And like, and then they were comparing it to Tom Holland's butt. And it was like, okay, if you are really saying that you'd rather bang Tom Holland than Brie Larson, I'm okay with that dude, but mm-hmm. understand what you're arguing. What you here. saying? Because <laughs> yeah. again, no judgment. I think Tom Tom Holland is attractive. Man, he's a little young for me. I think Brie Larson also very attractive. But I'm willing to admit that on both <laughs> cases, <laughs> you are deluding yourself. Right. So, so like, but like, but but again, you're deluding yourself because you are jealous that the rich, pretty girl with an Oscar gets a platform where she can, you know. Where she can say her feminist message and make you look stupid, and you get to yell on the internet and like to nobody. So you're jealous. I'm I'm jealous of Stephen Amell's abs.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who is it? <that? laughs>
2: I get, but th- that's not the same person that's lamenting Steel City Con becoming like a, just a celebrity <laughs> magnet, right? Duh, you know d- what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: and, and I and I think that's fine. And
2: because like, there is there is something to be said for I mean, and for me, it's just a purely economic critique. Again, I, I feel like when you see these other. The, the broadening of those definitions, it's all in the name of the crap that they're selling people. Right. And so I think it, to me, it's, it's a sign of it's an outcome of capitalism's just intrusion upon every private thing that yeah. a person has. Right. And so um, and, and so for me, that's my approach to this. I don't know that people who are mad about Steel CityCon feel the same way. Would put it in those terms? I'm sure they wouldn't. But um, that's that's a different scenario than the incel on Reddit right? well, or Eight Chan. Well, I mean, no, so, so. yeah, yeah. I, I don't even need read Eight Chan. Like yeah. seriously, I I,
0: I I value my sanity. Yeah. Um, I will check Four Chan every once in a while. There's only so having a doctor is only worth so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I well, so and, and maybe that's the answer, right? like is is the idea is the idea of of geek culture as it exists is it so gone is it such a corporately you know, artificially defined thing now that it's lost all meaning and and therefore, I mean, like, are we just are we are we living in a post-genre society? No, not, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not, no, because I think genre. I think genre still matters. Are we living in a post-geek society? Yeah. Right? Has has geekdom been so bought out by the capitalist, you know, overlords? That it's not meaningful anymore to be a geek, or at least like, the geek stuff we were into. I'm willing to bet there are geek subcultures
4: online that 15 year olds are participating oh, in. Oh, sure. we have no idea. Right, about. right. But, I mean, but, yeah. but,
0: but, but I mean, they might, they might not call it geek, right? right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm saying yeah. what we what we call yeah. the Comic Con world is it so corporate now that it's just like why does you know why was Twilight kept out? Because to some extent, there was an artificial creation by the comp- by the other geeky industries to exclude it. You, know, it. you know, as we've we've mentioned before, DC and Marvel never hated each other. Half no. the guys were roommates. Yeah, like and, they, I mean, they, they were, were le- together they were years. legitimately roommates. People worked for both companies. No one cared. Yeah, it was uh, you know Stan and I. I guess Julie Schwartz at the time sort of played it up in letters columns. Yeah. Oh yeah, those guys in our distinguished competition because it was selling more books. But he right. never cared. No. And I They and played I, golf together. They had dinner together. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't so I wonder if um if there's like maybe something of that happening here where like the idea of what is the geek culture is now so corporate, so owned by Disney and Warner. And mostly Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, there is no, you know, now. that, like, what you exclude is, you know, things that aren't on C- Disney Plus, yeah. C- WB, C- or CW, yeah. rather. WB, I'm right. old. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we resolved
1: nothing. So
0: we've resolved nothing. <laughs> 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 Except talking about Stephen and Melsapps. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so what we've resolved... We never resolve anything on this show and then we try to come up with something that we resolved at the end. So what we've resolved is that we would kill for Stephen and Melsapps. <laughs> 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 hey, thanks for hanging out. I know we're running well, late. Yeah, thank you for coming. If you are, uh, you know, thank you for listening at home. Thank you, Danny, for joining yeah, thanks, us. Thanks, It's always fun. <laughs> um, if you are a fan of Vox Popcast, please leave us a five-star a five review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell you get podcasts from. Subscribe to our blog at www.voxpodcast.com. Thank you again to... Alright, not again because I didn't say it before. Thank you to Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, Building Ever So More Epically, and playing us
4: out which you can't hear here, <laughs> but it's
2: there, okay, it's you'll there. Listen, I and you'll agree. listen
0: to the show earlier later, and it's great. <laughs> Thank you at for listening. Thanks for our we'll you. studio yes. Yeah, And we'll see you That's next time. You. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
3: What about the relationships between science fiction and fantasy and their changing um, uh, appeal, let us say? Well, that's an interesting subject, yes. When I started out writing in the early 70s, I I did a few fantasies early on. I've been published in fantastic uh, magazines, one of the the Digest magazines of the day. But predominantly, I published in Analog and Amazing, and uh, uh, the magazines were identified as science fiction magazines, and I wrote a lot of stuff that were set on other planets um, with aliens and starships and all of that stuff. I think a lot of that was not because I didn't. I preferred science fiction to fantasy. I loved them both. I, I and I loved the worlds I created and some of the stories I told. I'm still very proud of. But I, you know, I look back on it now and saying, you know, I was writing fantasy all along. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not a hard science guy like Stan. Uh, everything that I know about science, I learned from science fiction stories. So, <laughs> um, my my. Science fiction stories, if you, you know, look at them crookedly here, are really space fantasy. Um, I'm using aliens instead of elves or whatever. It's a, it's a furniture difference rather than a quantitative difference. And I actually believe that uh, science fiction and fantasy are just two flavors of the same thing. I mean, one of them is chocolate ice cream and one of them is strawberry ice cream, but they're both ice cream um, and they taste really good.